Hi everyone and welcome to episode 243 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John Becky. Hello. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, we've managed to oof, we've managed to get like 15 minutes after finishing work this time. With by our standards, we've planned this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's obviously no major news or anything. It's just talking about the game of the weekend and the game tomorrow night. So Blackburn nil leads two. Overall, Smooth sailing. Yeah, like just it was just quite a deserved run of the mill win. Where I don't think we were much better than them. We were just a little bit better than them, and then a bit of quality in final third told. Yeah, um, I, I, I think you you probably described them as. I think you said during the game that they they were breaking pretty well, but there typically wasn't much. To, to finish it off with. Um, where I think overall we went large periods of the game where we weren't connected. Like there's quite a bit of sloppy passing and we weren't connecting a lot of moves going forward. And then like in the second half, we had about three minutes where we put some passes together. We got a corner, it got cleared. And then about 90 seconds later, we scored the second mm. just by connecting a few passes. Um we, I don't know if sluggish is the word I'd use. It was just we were a solid five, six out of ten for most of the game, and then we had a couple of moments of quality. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the being a little bit slow, like I thought Kamara was a little bit sloppy all game. I don't know if he's just a bit tired because he does run his ass off in every single game. So maybe it's that. So maybe it'd be some. Maybe it's somebody who looks at switching tomorrow night. We'll see. Um, I thought the breaking well that they were doing, and they were playing the way out well, but it was up only up until a point. It was up until basically the final third. And I think a big part of that is that Byron, before his injury, I thought was really good. But I thought Rodon and Strauch were probably our two best players. Especially Strauch, I thought he had a really good game. But they were both excellent, and they didn't really give them anything. Whereas even in the bits where we were sloppy, we still played his way up fine and created a couple of chances from pressing high so we were still we were still looked even when we weren't as best we still actually did look more likely to score than Blackburn did yeah and you look at a team that that had as that had as many corners and as many shots as Blackburn but there really wasn't many big saves that Melier had to make that you know um I'd say I'd, I'd say he made that one in the second half from that corner where it got headed on to Roden and nearly looped over him. And I think he made one relatively comfortable one about five, ten minutes later. That's it. Yeah, it's probably about right, to be honest. Like I think most of their corners were were probably block shots more than anything else, but nothing that was ever seriously troubling. Um, you know, they've ended up with the two shots on target. But you can't say I can't say I was ever. I think the biggest concern I had, and that was it, was probably early on, was why is no one marking the people going for short corners? Yeah, there was. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a few different ones. Like at one point, we were putting one out to mark two, and I don't think that's great, but that was doable. But the first one, we sent zero out to mark two, and they just and then we also didn't mark the guy on the edge of the box. So there was three sort of short corner options and we didn't mark any of them, which was a 
which is a bit of a risk to take. I'd rather we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose as, as, as the layman, you're kind of looking at it going, is this not the job of Somerville and James? Mm. Who are, in the most charitable way, going to be the least effective in the penalty area. Uh, I Did you not watch our previous game? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Dominant towering header from Dan James. Listen, if you uh, you don't see many diving header clearances from a corner. No, but you should. We should see it more. Oh, absolutely should. Bring back <laughs> bring back Becchio. Um God that that one where it's fucking knee high. <laughs> what was that opening day? Was that Wolves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> practically yeah, it's practically crawling on the ground for it. Um but yeah, outside of that, I I thought that they did, you know, as as you said, they they brought the ball out well, moved fairly quickly. But once they got into the final third, we, we were very organised. Um, you know, I think ultimately you you're probably giving the back four a lot a lot of praise for their performance in there. But I thought Archie Gray did really well again. Um, I thought, I'll tell you what, I thought Ampadu covered really well as well. Quite a lot of those little crosses that got cleared out, quite a few of them were Ampadu getting into a good position to cover. Yeah. Um, I think the most annoyed I got was that the the free header that turned out to be a mile offside anyway. Yeah. You know, I think that's no marking. Oh, he's two yards offside. That's why no one marked. Ah, uh, you know what, lads? Grand. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about the. Well, there was the two, the sort of big chance from the pressing was. They were passing the ball around their own box and really a bit of their own box, like three yards out. Nearly got out, but bad touch. Somerville gets in, wins it. And Ruter is in the position and you just have to put your laces through it or square it to Dan James. But because Ruter is better than that, he chips the keeper. And yeah, puts it wide, but still. <laughs> we oh, won, man, look so... At that, look at the flair. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of flair, in the 27th minute, Leads to take the lead. Jorginho Ruta breaking forward and doing an excellent piece of skill to beat the defender. Tricked everyone. Tricked the commentators. Tricked us in the pub. Tricked Jorginho Ruta. Everyone. And he loses the ball, really. But because he's quick and he's so strong on the ball, he just goes, oh, well, brushes the <laughs> defender off, runs onto it, breaks away. And then, no inverted commas this time, picks out a brilliant pass to Dan James. Touches it out of his feet. Really good low finish across the keeper, bottom left corner. Dan James and composure, the relationship we all knew we needed. Fantastic uh, finish. Three straight games, some with a goal. It's somewhat daft like he scored in six of his last eight, I think now. Yeah, he's uh, he's celebrating goals uh, like he's been there before now, which is, which is quite nice to see. Um, it's like an say, excellent finish. Yeah, really well taken because I think we we both had the thought that the the touch may I may have been been a touch slow with it, but as he strikes it, gets it under the defender's leg as he's sliding in and right inside the far post. Yeah, he's he's been brilliant lately, is Dan James. Like we've said it a few times this week, but. Coming into the season, that there was, I didn't have any worlds where I was looking at him going, Well, he's an absolute cert to start every game, but here we are, and he deserves it. Um, 
Yeah, we. I was just looking at the notes. The, the only thing it says is Blackburn's only real threat was at set pieces, but we've talked about that already. So in, we'll uh, talk a bit about the second half, because the first half carried on basically the same. And the second half was a pretty similar, a fairly similar story, to be honest. We uh, we kept it going for about, like, we were a little bit sloppy. We weren't creating much, but we probably looked slightly better than them. And then the more newsworthy bit out of the games, uh, 70th minute, Sam Byron goes off with a hamstring injury, uh, which... You know, he's always a worry, but with him, it's extra a worry. And have you seen anything from the press conference today yet, Casey? Uh, how no. No. So that, that's the difference between our jobs. I can listen to it in the background while I'm working. You can't. Um, Byram is basically out for the rest of this year. That's very worried. You're going to say season. No, he said, uh, he, said, he, said three, he said like three weeks. And he sort of said, so maybe the league game's in January. But the way he phrased it, I don't think he means the one on the 1st of January. I think he means after the FA Cup. Yeah, and certainly the FA Cup is not a game you need to be playing some oh, Byram in yeah, at all. Absolutely no reason to play him. So, so you're thinking probably the week after that, which at that point you're sort of mid-January. Um, yeah. there, is, I... there is also still no Furpo. Uh, he's... Oh, no. Yeah, uh, Parker <laughs> sort of said that he's a little bit closer, but that'll be a week or two. Which normally you'd think, all right, well, that's definitely just Spence left back, right back, and I still think it will be. But the arguments that you could make would be for Jamie Shackleton. Nope, because he's out injured. Glute. Ah, well, we do actually have another guy who started in the league at left back this year. Leo Yelder. Yelder is available, but the intimation from Farker was, no, he is an under-21 player. Yeah, I, I'm not. Basically, he, he obviously, I, I still think there's a good, I still think there's a really good player in Yelda, but he had a bad start and it makes it, and the way that Farker was talking, he doesn't sound like he's in contention for anything other than being on the bench if we're really short. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not entirely surprised. It, it seemed, um, yeah, it, it seemed like Farker was pretty much done with him after Zip switch. Yeah, he just he just didn't have a. I mean, he, there were some of the games where we got a bit more stick than he deserved, but there were also a couple of games where we was awful. And you know, yeah, I, I, I hope he can turn it round because I do actually think there's a good player in there. He's he's another one where you're probably looking now, going right. If he's not going to be part of the plans, he, he needs to get out in January again. Which yeah. he, he he seemed to do all right last year at Rotherham by by all accounts. Um. So, and, and I know we're we're playing to, we're, we're aiming higher than than Rotherham are, but um, yeah, he he probably needs that. There's there's a couple of them that sort of come under that mold at the moment. I I do feel like Joe Gelhart is only on the bench because Bamford wasn't. Yeah. Um. But, but I've, I think I I think he'll keep. He was asked about this, and he said basically anyone who is a first team player. Isn't he's, going out. I thought you were going to say it's injured. No, he's like anyone who's a first team player isn't going out on loan. But by the way he was talking, I don't think he considers Yelda a first team player. So he might. Yeah. I don't think, think Gellart will. I don't think Matteo Joseph will. Like I think he considers them to be involved. Um, yeah, but as I say, second half took a very similar thing. It was Spence that came on for Byron, and Spence went straight to left back. Which was interesting because I thought he might. I know it's you don't really want to be moving people about, but I thought he might put Spence on the right and move Gray to the left 
because he sort of likes the passing range off that inverted fullback. Mm. And that would sort of suit Gray a little bit, but he probably just didn't want to mess about at that stage. Uh, before we get on to the second goal, which will won't take too long to go through, what did you think to Spencer's performance for 20 minutes? Um, oh, yeah, I'd have to say I was, I was pretty happy overall. He, he was getting up fairly quickly, and obviously we had that final five minutes where you just saw the front two of Spence and Gruev. Yeah, you know, the, the dream partnership. He got a little bit of a bollocking for that at the end of the game, and I think that's what it was about because he did push forward so much that he just didn't, and then just didn't sprint all the way back. But in fairness, I do think he sprinted back to left mid, and that was really all he needed to do because Jaden Anthony is very disciplined and was in a perfect left back position. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, he was. I, th- I think one, he is he's an attack he's an attack minded player anyway. And having barely played this season, Sora's probably in the ascendancy by that point. I thought, well, I, I'm going to kick on a little bit here. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, he, he, did, he did kind of catch him in the penalty area a couple of times. Um, you know, but like you said, Anthony sort of saw sense thinking, I know we're winning, but it's only 2-0. Let, let's, uh, let's have some coverage here. Yeah, but yeah, I thought he was pretty good on the ball for the most part. He wasn't there. There was one time where he slightly overplayed and got in a bit of trouble, but I'd still think that he's, you know, if he plays every week and gets going, he should be one of the better fullbacks in this league, and he's probably going to start in the next one. Uh, but it was his other fullback that created the second goal, uh, Gray breaking forward into midfield. I really wanted him to play it straight to Somerville, and now I've heard the LUTV commentary back, and you hear Tony. The oh, you hear like the anguish because he hasn't played that ball, but instead he just plays a one-two with Rotaire and then plays a more difficult outside of the foot first-time ball to Somerville playing through. He's he's done a very clever thing as Somerville because he stopped his run when he saw it won't come in, got back on side and went again. Uh, gets through outside at foot, dinks it over the keeper, gets a little touch on the way through, but it doesn't matter. Really good finish. Somerville's what eighth, ninth of the season. Yeah. Uh, on top of all the assists, another really good goal for him. He's been outstanding. And basically, once that second goal went in, that was the game. I think Blackburn knew it as well because they, it's not like they really piled forward trying to get back into it. The game sort of carried on in the same pattern and they knew, I think, that it was done. Yeah, that, I think it pretty much finished it off because, as we'd said, they, for, for the time they, they were in possession, they, they weren't really troubling us for it. Um, it's, it's quite nice. I'm just looking at the the numbers here, and it's just quite nice when you're looking that you've got three of your attackers at, at this point of the season uh, just in the league. Piru, Piru eight, uh, Somerville, nine, Dan James, seven for the season so far. Yeah, and the other one of the front four was like, the most creative one. Yeah, Ruta has four and a boatload of assists. Yeah, so like you, you, you couldn't really ask for more than that, which is why, like, there was a few people going nonto must be getting annoyed with coming off the bench and stuff, and he probably is, but I don't think that he'll be. He'd, he'd be annoyed if he was coming off the bench in the front four playing shit. You can yeah. take it when when they're playing well, even if you, although it, 
I don't think he will, but it wouldn't sh it wouldn't absolutely shock me if Nonto started tomorrow night. You know, just, with it being uh, such a busy period for games, if it wouldn't shock me if one of them is a bit tired and Nonto gets a start. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean you're looking at at the moment in terms of our top three for assists. You've got Ruther, eight assists, four goals. So, uh, Somerville, six assists, nine goals. James, four assists, seven goals. Mm. Um, you know, it's it, it's a nice spread. It's, it really is. I mean, Somerville is just in the absolute form of his life at the moment. Yeah. Well, current form is there's only like maybe three, four players that you could say best player in the league, and he's one of them. It's the other one, no. Ruter. Uh, in my head, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would say some... I mean, look, I love Ruter, but I think some of them having a better season. Not by loads, because Ruter is brilliant. But, you know, there, there's always a few. Like, I mean, I know he didn't show loads against us, but Sammy Smodix at Blackburn, he's having one of them. Uh, less, like, Dewsbury Hall's got loads at Leicester, aren't they, and stuff like that. But, yeah, we um, it, was a, it was a really solid win, because it... it had the potential to be a very difficult game, Matt, and we've sort of made it look like it wasn't particularly, which is more than I was really hoping for. Uh, we had the usual subs let on, Anthony coming on, Nanto coming on, wingers changing. Uh, but one that was nice to see at the end, uh, Ruter went off and on came Matteo Joseph, who, yeah, it was only a little cameo, but I thought he did well. Yeah, at that point, you pretty much just want someone who's gonna who's gonna chase things down, um, and if they get the chance, hold the ball up a bit. Um, and as it turns out, it didn't really need to because Jed Spence was getting past him. Yeah, because <laughs> there's the wing back overlapping the striker. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, nice to see him. It's you know I've. I've Said time and again at this point that I'd quite like to see a few a few players get more minutes than than they do, but you also can't argue with the the, the results we're getting at the moment. Now Joseph's probably been a bit unlucky because he was getting loads of football in preseason. Like he looked like there was a real shot in being properly involved, and then he got injured. It's one of the reasons we were so short at the start because both him and Bamford were both having good preseasons, and then they both got injured. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, at our form at this point, since the start of October, we've lost one, drawn one, and won everything else. Yeah, I, I know that it's six wins in the last seven. It's, uh, I, haven't looked, I haven't looked back any further than that. It's not bad. We're, we're doing okay. It's just, it's just the Ipswich and Leicester keep winning. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a bit weird because obviously they they both won again this weekend. Didn't Leicester win four 0 or something as well? Yeah, they scored a penalty in like the in like the sixth or seventh minute or something like that. And I kind of looked at that and went, "Well, that's that then," because they were at mm. home to Plymouth. Um, I was hoping Middlesbrough would put up more of a fight against Ipswich, but it wasn't. It wasn't to be. No, but 41 points from 20. I've said the whole time, if we get two points a game, you'll have a... Like, Leicester on two and a half points a game and Leicester, uh, as a switch, basically. They're both basically on two and a half points a game. And if they do have the rest of the season, well done, you deserve your promotion. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get mad about that. What all you were hoping is that, like, 
when it comes to it, we can we can do something about it. Because like we have, I mean, like that's a big like on the twenty third, we've got to switch it on, and that will be a huge game. Yeah, I, th- I think the one that surprised me looked at, looking at the table at the end of the week at the end of the weekend was that Southampton are only three points behind. Yeah, and they they conceded like a ninety six minute equaliser as well, so they would have only been one point behind us. Yeah, so on, on two on on two points a game. Yeah, they. Um... It's almost like the gap between Premier League and Championship is getting better, and now it's getting a bit bigger, and the relegated clubs look a lot stronger. And Ipswich because they're just being ridiculous. <laughs> it's Leaf Davis. It really yeah, it's is. All Leif Davis. What we should do actually, because we we should just buy Leaf Davis one because we want a left back, and two because it'll disrupt them. <laughs> just to take, just start taking players <laughs> off other teams. Yeah, like when you man when you download one of them ten tier databases on Football Manager, and you're in like the eighth tier, and there's players on non contracts, and you're like, he's got twenty six goals for the second best team in the league and the best team in the league I'm just going to sign him and not play him just, just get him out of the way Zero pounds away. I'll give you 500 quid a game I'm not playing you <laughs> <laughs> carry on um, but yeah, yeah I I can't pretend that I haven't been looking at Leicester and Ipswich's results but I'm not yet at the stage of watching their games that's, yeah, what, that's uh, when you know it gets serious when we start watching their actually watching their games and going right. We need to if it's not at the same time as Leeds, we're watching. Um, so, uh, so tomorrow night eight o'clock, the proper game on TV, so not on the red button because the red button coverage sucks. Uh, we have Sunderland, managerless Sunderland. Uh, yeah, they. Did uh they did win this weekend, I think so. Uh yes, they did. They won they beat West Brom. Two, two one against West Brom, if I remember rightly. Um, and I'll tell you what, it was nil nil in the 69th minute. Nice. So yeah, it uh, was two one. Um where's the uh, I can't remember the name of their there, there it is Mike Mike Dodds who has come from nowhere in the betting to be in favour at one point today because they did well in that game. Um, he's uh, he's no Ricky Sprazier. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have never thought, remembered his, Sprazier's name in a million years, but once you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. He's the one that was basically a scout, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, just ended up with the job. Um, but yeah, they won uh, the... I, I must admit, I thought Tony Mobley's sacking was a bit harsh. In fact, I'd go as far as a lot harsh, to be honest. Like, they, they lost to Plymouth and they lost to Huddersfield. They are bad results, admittedly. But, like, they are sixth now, including those bad results. With with the youngest squad in the league as well, I do wonder. I mean, I mean, having read, having the first thing I did when when he got sacked, I went to Roker Report. Um, Shout out Roker Report, good good guys, good lads. <laughs> By the way, if it's still, if it's still going, they have a, a big food bank appeal on at the moment. So if you have a spare couple of quid, I have shared it on Twitter, but it's ages ago. You won't find it. But yeah, they are they are doing good things there. 
Um, but they they did say by the sounds of things, I think I think the board shortly after the sacking in uh, in a roundabout way. Pacey said it's our way or the highway, and I'm guessing Mowbray wasn't entirely on board. So, yeah. Um, I mean, well, you know, it's hard to work for Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> What's his actual name? Is it Kirill Louis Dreyfus? Kir- yeah, Kirill. <laughs> um, get sacked, and he's just out here in the Seinfeld music play. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Huddersfield? <laughs> what the heck is a smoggy? Um, this could go on for what a while. What do you mean she was underage when I met her? Anyway, <laughs> Oof. we can't argue that one. That happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, it was, it's an interesting one given. The, the stick that you know, obviously, people gave Birmingham for for their move to bring in Rooney, given it's the best they'd been in several years. Mm. Um, it, it was an interesting move, given how they had been under under Mowbray, and yeah, I know they'd had a a bit of a fall off in results, but um, it wasn't over a particularly long period of time. You know, if this had been going on. Maybe into January, you'd have thought, oh, all right, maybe, but you'd have, you'd have called it a wobble rather than a slide, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. But what was it? The difference, I suppose, between them and Birmingham, and I know Birmingham had new people involved, so you shouldn't really compare it to when they brought in Zola and got rid of whoever it was then. I can't remember. It was Eustace this time. I can't remember who it was last time. Uh, but the since these guys took over they have been run pretty well yeah so i think a lot of us a lot of the sunderland fans have sort of got because from what i could please give it seemed like sunderland fans thought it was harsh but because they've been run well for the last couple of years they're sort of willing to go okay fair enough because uh what we're going to do get what are they going to do get really really mad at these owners that have got them up out of league one with a good young squad playing really good football yeah you know, like, and it it looks like they've sat, they've brought in some more good players. I mean, the standout is probably Joe Bellingham, you know, who's like what seventeen or eighteen, and it only cost about. I know that with add-ons, it'll be a lot more, but three million quid, and he looks to while he doesn't quite look to be his brother, he looks to be a really good footballer playing at front. Jack Jack Clark on the wing, having an excellent season, being linked with loads of Premier League moves. Patrick Roberts playing on the other wing, really good player, went for to Man City for like 12 million when he was young and he's making his way back up. Uh, that uh, is it Dan Neal in midfield? He appears yeah. to be good. And, and Dan Ballard at centre-back who, it's weird seeing him do well in real life because I just know him as a guy that you end up with in FM if you're in the championship. Uh, Luke O'Nine is basically turned into Mr Sunderland at this point. They all love him. And more, the one I'm most pleased to see now actually starting, got a Wales cap now and everything, Niall Huggins. Yes, he's he's been very unlucky with the injuries, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I really, I, I mean, no one's going to, but you could go back and listen to it. I was really surprised when we released him. I really, like, I actually contributed to a piece, funnily enough, on Roker Report, talking about him and me saying, I can't, I'm surprised at this. 
at the very least, he's going to be a good championship player. Yeah. And... Sorry, I'm, I'm just looking at Sunderland. They have four strikers. All right, one of them is is has only made one appearance. None of them have scored in the league. Has Joe Bellingham not scored in the league? Uh, he's not down here. As, he's not down here as a striker. Well, I mean, he has been he has been playing up front. Okay, that's he's one got, thing that I do know. He's got three. It's Jack Clark is their leading goal scorer. Yeah, um, he's got. A, I don't know exactly how many, but it won't. He won't, He can't be far off double figures this season. He's he's nine in sixteen. Yeah, fair so enough. solid record. Um, and then after that, it's uh. Bellingham and Dan Neal with three. Yeah. I don't know. That's, so it does appear then that maybe they have been... I'm just, I've now got a list up. There's quite a few with... There's, you know, a few with one, two. Bellingham's got three. They, they uh, maybe are struggling for goals a little bit then. That's which is something I, I haven't really... How many goals have they actually scored? We've got 31 in 20, which isn't... It isn't bad by any stretch. I mean, it's only yeah. five. Le- it's only five less than we've scored. So five fewer than we've scored. I'm trying to get out of the habit of doing that. It's a bad. It's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, but they maybe they could be a bit more creative. But they've like they've conceded twenty three, which again compares really well with the league. West Brom are 21, we're 20. We won't talk about Leicester because 12 is just ridiculous. Um, they're, they're a good side, but they're really young. Like I'm just if I I'm just looking at this sort of if I switch this by appearances, like keeper Anthony Patterson's 23. Then this is just in in uh, appearance order. You've got Jack Clark 23, Twi- Try Hume 21. Try. Dan Ballard 24, Dan Neal 22, Joe Bellingham 18, Luke O'Neill. Like one of the old men at twenty nine, Abdullah Bar twenty, Roberts twenty six, Alex Alex Pritchard's still going as well, and he's a good player thirty. Niall Huggins twenty two, Equa twenty one, Summit. <laughs> but they're basically all young, and then like Bradley Dack. Yeah, he's twenty nine, so- but his legs are about thirty five. And on that list, who's played a fair few sub games this season is Chris Rigg. Who's sixteen and has been playing first team football for a year? Not loads of it, but just uh, I'm just looking through the their four the play, the four players they have listed as, as strikers. They've got that Ukrainian guy that I know nothing about. I'm finding uh, him. Yeah, he's the oldest at twenty five. Yeah, there is uh, Luis Semedo who came from Benfica B, who is twenty. Mm. Um, Mason Burstow. Mason Burstow, he's is he on loan from Chelsea or have they signed him? Yeah, sure he's on he's, he's on loan. Um again, yeah. one that I, I only uh, he's come up on FM before, that's why I know him. And he, I think he did actually play in the in Chelsea's first team last season, I think. Briefly. Yeah, I think he's got an appearance. Uh and then you've got he's twenty, and then you've got Eliza Mayenda, who is eighteen. Uh yeah, I, I've him I don't know at all. No, he came from Socio. Um, one goal in 15 for them. I'm assuming mostly played Bs. Yeah. Um, and there's a Spanish under 17. But yeah, yeah. They, are a, they are a team of children. 
Yeah, they're a very young squad. And I suppose the problem is, like, it's how hard it is to keep older players like that now. Because if you were looking at that, what you'd really be thinking is, with Sunderland, all right, they're probably not going to go up this year. But if they can keep that together and just add a couple, then maybe in two years or three years they will. But the problem is that if they don't go up this season, someone's probably going to buy Jack Clark. Spurs. Depending on how well Joe Bellingham does, someone might take a chance early before he's a ridiculous amount of money. And if you lose three of them, suddenly it's very difficult. Yeah, I guess the hope is that you kind of try that you try to do the the Leicester model in the championship that you you get some young players and you expect to lose one or two of them but you make a decent amount of money on them yeah um so that you can sort of restock um and, I mean for them I think it'd be interesting purely because you you've got most of those players even even the older ones there's there's quite a few there that. You know, they're still only 18 months of, of, of championship football in them. You know, most of them, there's quite a lot that, have, that were there with them in League One. Um, and then, you know, obviously you got Luco Nine, who um, you wouldn't know who's a southerner at this point, I imagine. No, he is basically Mr. Sunderland at this point. The. Um... They've got it listed as sort of a four-one-four-one, but as the wingers are Clark and Roberts, I'm going to guess that's more four-three-three. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Alex Pritchard makes his way into the side for this game because he set up both the goals off the bench against West Brom, and mm. that will. Other than that, I would think maybe him coming in for one of Neil. Or that uh, bar, or that out, out. yeah, because uh, Pierre Echo will probably stay at DM. So yeah, but it'll probably be a fairly solid one, and maybe if they bring Pritchard in, maybe they'd switch to a four-two-three-one. But it's hard to tell because uh, obviously Mike Dodds has only had one game and they've won it, so you'd think they're, and they're at home again, so you'd think they'll stay quite aggressive. If they're going to be that aggressive with their midfield. One, obviously, it puts a lot of pressure on our midfield too. But you'd think we can stand up to that. More importantly, it might give Joe Pirot a lot of space to drop into. So I'd uh, if they if they just play one holding mid, I'd quite fancy Pirot to get some decent chances in this game. Yeah, you, I, I think, yeah, we need to... I, th- I think Ampadu keeps doing what he's doing. You, you kind of need Kamara to to get back to how he was before the, the Blackburn game. Um, before the injury news got announced, I thought that there was a chance that it might be like Spence playing at right back and Gray comes in, um, Gray moves into midfield instead of Kamara. But with all the injuries, I can't really see it not being Gray right back and Spence left back. Yeah, because I, th- I think if you've got a tough one having. Spent Shackleton and Gray, all of the team together, and then, mm. I mean, I mean, Luke Ayling is there. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, he did. He, uh, he did mention Ayling in the press conference because he was asked, like, would you, despite all these injuries, are you? Because they basically said, are you going to buy a left back in January? And in not so many, and in a lot more words, he said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the 
um, he was saying like your options for now and stuff. It was sort of the same answer where he basically said he held as a twenty-one. He was sort of saying, "No, I I would have no doubts at all about play, putting Luke Ailing in the side." Hmm. So there is a chance that he does. He did like Ailing right back, but it'd still be Spence left back. You'd think. So I think. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I was thinking for the bench. Still, yeah. or well, you would I'll... think he'll make the bench with this lack of options. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I just hope. I think the tough thing is you look at the, the the week we had the when we lost to Stoke, where we had the midweek game and we made a few changes, um, and it, and we we never fully got going in that game, did we? Um, no. And I, and I do wonder if that will sort of play on his mind, um, a bit in in regards to his his team selection. Yeah, I I don't think that there'll be anything other than the enforced one at left back. I I could see Nonto maybe getting a start over one of the wingers if one of them's tired, and some of the lads apparently been carrying a knock as well. Yeah, I still, I still don't think he'll change anything other than Spence coming in for Byron. Yeah, the for the for the Stoke game he made uh, he had Gruev coming in the middle and it was Anthony and Nonto on the wings. Yeah, um, and we never we just never quite got up to speed in that one um so i do wonder if that is kind of there in his mind of like these are you know this is and especially with this being a team higher up the table as well that you you need to keep this team going and um the the good thing is we we i think we're after this week i think next week it's just saturday to saturday before the christmas Madness starts. Yeah, uh, Saturday sixteenth, Coventry at home. Saturday twenty third, Ipswich at home. And then you play away at Preston twenty sixth, away at West Brom twenty ninth, home to Birmingham on the first. So you basically have like properly three games in a week there. Yeah, like three games in six days, isn't it? Like, yeah. So I, I wonder if. I wonder if you potentially look at that Coventry game as as maybe a chance to. I I would say that that's the least likely one because that one, because if with Ipswich being twenty third, probably the better way to look at it is that like that's four games basically in what nine ten days. Hmm. So that's where you'll probably have to you will have to make some rotation in those. Uh, and then Peterborough away in the FA Cup. I know everyone hates it, but it's like this, but it's true. In that game, we just won't put our side out of that. Yeah. I mean, that, that... there's some good players in it, but it'll be eight changes. Patrick Pampard will be injured. Yeah, probably. Um, God, so, I'd love him. So, I'd love him. Sorry, Pat. I'd love him to score. Uh, he's still doubtful with an illness. Given the players missing and stuff, he might sneak onto the bench, but because Joseph, because he quite fancies Joseph, I could say, if he's not 100%, he'll just leave it to him and Joffrey as the striker options. I mean, just, just again, looking at those, the, the sort of three Christmas fixtures, it, it's, those are three intense fixtures. It, it's, yeah. it's which Preston, West Brom. Um, you know, when you're looking at all teams that are in and around 
Yeah, although Preston are ninth, but they have been pretty poor lately. They had that ridiculous mm. start, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have had predictions in. Con uh, Connie did eventually go for a 2 1 win against Blackburn, by the way, so he got two points. So uh, you and him are joint top on 26, me 20, Alex 18. Uh, for this one, Alex has got a two all draw. Connie's gone for a 3 1 win. Uh, I. Basically, can't predict wins because we keep winning when I don't. So I'm going for a one-all draw, and also I do think this will be a tough game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go two-one, two-one win for this one. Two-one win, cool. Save that. Yeah, I mean, if we if we could win this, it'd be it'd be another really big win. I thought that the Blackburn win was, and this would be as well. The key is to take Jack Clark out really early. Yeah. You know what? Just give him some Red Bulls. I'll tell you what. There's going to be there's there's going to be something nice and also in, and also not nice about Jack Clark versus Archie Gray. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. One one is one is a child. One is a former child prodigy. Yeah. Um, I was. I hope Jack Clark has an absolute shite game tomorrow. But I am glad that he's become that he's come good again. Because I really thought that it was, was going to be one of them that just petered out at one point. Yeah, it, it, you, you saw a because he, he was at Spurs a good couple of years without going out on loan, and then when he did, it, it didn't really work out, did it? I think he had a, he had a loan at QPR. That yeah, well, he had a, and... I mean, he started out he had a loan at us, didn't he? That didn't really work. Oh well, yeah, because Bielsa had already moved after. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, I think he. Played in the, the Salford League Cup game, and that was about it because obviously yeah. he was very much with with uh, Harrison and Costa. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. He, he only played six leagues, league games for QPR, and then he had a loan at Stoke, 14 games, no goals. And then he had the, the loan at Sunderland, where he only he only scored one goal, but he did play a lot better. They had but him because orig well, originally he was part of he was like a left wing back for them, wasn't he? In, in a back five, they there was a, he started as a winger, but they when they were in League One, the run where they got promoted, he did end up playing wing back because they were really dominating games and going for it. I think that I saw one game where the wing backs were Roberts and Clark, yeah. And they were basically just going for it, and it was really good to watch, actually. But no, I'm glad that it's come. That he's come good again. He's got like a one in three goal record for him as well. Yeah, it, it, you you always want players like that to to do well. Yeah. So yeah, we've uh we've got me and Alex going for a draw. You and Connie going for a win. Hopefully, you're right. Um, that I believe will do us. I don't. Know if we've got. Uh, I think the twenty ones are playing tonight, but I uh, I don't think I'll be watching it tonight to be honest. So uh. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? I don't think there is, is there? No, I think we're all good. Cool. Well, then, yeah, that will do us. Hopefully, we get another win. We'll be back on with the game being Saturday. Thursday is probably most likely, but it depends on work and stuff. But I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.